Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Positively Midwest. And boy, do I have some great news for you. First off, my name is Steve Jurens, and across from me as always, and this time finally back, is my wife, Catherine. I'm here! Woo! So everyone, we are going to be uh, doing episode number 85 for you on this fine week. I'm glad Steve's been holding down the fort for me. Catherine's been um, extremely busy uh, doing um, adult things. 4-H forever and then on a work trip and then now she's at the busy part of her month at work and uh, we were able to ask her for just a few minutes of her time to to help me record this podcast because now the ones all by myself probably aren't as good. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, babe. And I'm sure you did absolutely wonderful. I need to go back and listen to them now. Well, uh, we do have good good news information that uh that doctor is has agreed to do an episode with us yay so uh we hopefully will get that recorded and then go back to hoarding and talk about that a bit and learn um real stuff there is so much psychology to hoarding we've been watching that show and it it sucks you in because I'm totally analyzing these families and going, I just don't understand. Like, why? I mean, you know, I think people walk into our house and I think I could be considered a borderline hoarder sometimes. I'm not going to lie. My house looks nowhere near as bad as those on the TV show, but I'm one that struggles to get rid of some stuff sometimes. I definitely, you know, like to repurpose things if possible. I finally have started getting rid of clothes, but man, I have some same clothes from high school, which luckily now fit our daughters because they've been wearing them. <laughs> but I know, I know I could be that way. So the show has been an eye opener and um, I think I'm learning a lot about myself as well as having that realization of what we need to do to not be that way. So educational. Yeah, man. So, uh, we will hook up with her and get that recorded and follow up with you. Uh, another quick update as far as the uh, journey of antidepressants are going. Uh, um, every time I try to think about saying it, I feel like I'm going to say it the wrong way, but um, effects are 150 milligrams. So um, this coming Thursday, which would be 819... 2021 in the world uh, will be the fourth week of it. So uh, aside from still sweating a bunch in the morning when I'm trying to get ready. In the evening. I was going to say that as well. <laughs> Sorry. In the evening. Um, always between like 9, 10, somewhere in there. And uh, I, uh, I don't know. I feel pretty good, I guess. So. You, you've seemed really good, honey. So, I can't, I wouldn't, I don't know. I guess you would be the best judge of yeah. most character. No, I do see a difference. Um, I see a little bit more maybe pep in your step. Um, me going on my work trip was definitely, you know, we talk about our marriage and how we've had difficulty in the past. And so, therefore, sometimes we've struggled with trust issues. And, you know... In a couple of years ago, even a year ago, maybe, 
it would have probably been hard for me to be able to do that and be gone for five days, but you did great and you were so supportive and positive. Well, and especially text me that uh, some good looking dude hit on you and you still got it. <laughs> I was so proud of myself to still have it. It was, I, you know. But I that would have drove me insane <laughs> another day. But, you know, otherwise on a daily basis, I feel like I can see the difference in you and how you are coping or handling things. Um, it's a little bit easier. So that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad that they're working. Yeah. So slowly but surely, we'll see how it continues to evolve. But I don't have really any side effects other than that to that I could mention. And I... Um, Otherwise, everything else seems to be good. Yeah. So, um, if so, and the counselor thinks that there's some difference too. So if it takes four to six weeks and I happen to have a pretty intense reaction right when I started on them, that maybe that they started going to work right away. Plus, I, I do, um, you know, try to surround myself with a lot of different positive things and advice and whatnot. So that probably helps. Mm-hmm. And you do still see your therapist once a week? <clears throat> yes, and they, they do highly recommend doing both of those. So, um, you know, check into therapy if you need to. It doesn't really matter how, how intense your problems are. They shouldn't always be, just like going to a doctor, shouldn't always be when you've already are puking the blood. Yeah, I saw this thing on Facebook that was being shared, and I should have saved it. I loved it. It was, you know, coming from the perspective of a therapist, saying that you're not broken if you seek help. Some people go because they're going through, you know, a stressful time at work and it just kind of helps give them, you know, that balance or that mindset or somebody else to talk to that maybe they don't want to drag their work home to a family. Some people are going through a loss of a friend or a family member, somebody, you know, there's so many different things. It's not because you're broken. It's just having that outside perspective in order to talk to. Yes. And then on another update... I uh, just recently uh, was involved in a dunk tank, <laughs> and the reason I bring it up is because, <clears throat> excuse me, it's some sort of um, to communicate about the story and the mindset, and so uh, when asked to do it, you know, immediately I don't want to because uh, of being overweight, and then when I fall in the water... And then the water is going to suck into what I would call my man boobs and gut and just, I don't know, just look like a wet fat guy up there and wasn't too stoked for that. Or when I fall in, the shirt flies up over my and all that kind of stuff. Stretch marks are hanging out and whatever. But um, I guess whether it's in cooperation with therapy and my wife and uh, medication... And that, some amazing friends that think you're the best, like, person for that. Well, there's a few people, but I don't know about that. So anyways, I just, we went and volunteered, if you will, for maybe, well, the first time as a family. And uh, filled up balloons for quite a while. And then I got to the dunk tank and, you know, I got nervous, but I just took my socks and shoes off and I just said F it, to be honest. And that, to me, is the end all. Uh, at the end of everything possible whatsoever, if you really can't think of anything else in the most positive way possible, fuck it. That's about all I can say. And 
I waddled up there and got sat on the stool thing and I was afraid that it wasn't even going to be able to hold me. Um, but there was another Midwest gentleman up there earlier and um, I thought, well, I think I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And um, it looks like it's made out of metal. <laughs> so I uh, got hit with the first one and I went down and I just got up and my shirt sucked to me and, and I just turned around quick and climbed up the ladder and just kind of pulled it away from me and just said, well, whatever, you're up here. So, um, and I think I found too with my thoughts that a lot of times, whatever I think is because that's probably what I would think about somebody else. But as I continue to grow and evolve and understand more of what people might go through or, or what I used to think about things that I'm learning, there are a lot of people that, that aren't an asshole and don't think that way. So, um, Either way, even if there was any somebody there that thought that, um, I tried to make the best that I could and, and have fun, and it turned out to be an experience and definitely some sort of memory. <clears throat> Excuse me, and at some point, I felt like I was uh, like in one of those Hallmark movies, and like I sh- it should have been like somebody threw one of my daughters through it at the the target and I fell in the water then I get up and I flick my hair back and it's like <laughs> some kind of music do 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 and then words pop up Catherine and Steven stayed together till they were 117 <laughs> and uh they were smooching the whole time mm-hmm. so anyways uh <clears throat> I just went up there and did it and I made had fun with it there's some high schoolish girls in the park and rec, and uh, I was squirting people walking around and squirting them, and and then uh, previous a friend and interviewer, interviewee of Positively Midwest, Missy Sinner, went and told him, "Hey, you guys volunteered. Why don't you go throw a few free balls?" And I was pile drived, and I had to go up that thing like 30, 40, 50 <laughs> times, climb back up there. And so the next day, my thighs were extremely fried. Just, I don't, they were just on fire and I could barely walk down the steps and I'm walking down them sideways and to sit down, I was like just falling down on my butt (coughs) and grunting to get up. And so that was Sunday. And then on today is Monday right now and they're still on fire. It was... You did that ladder a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I really wonder about even, I kind of skipped the gym, but I could barely walk. You'll have to reach out to some of the others to see if they had the same effect. Yeah, now the mayor and I at Watertown are tight. Yeah, he was on the shift right before you. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm proud of you. It was good, and you are a good person because you have that comical sense. And so the fact that they gave you a hose and a water gun, so every time someone dunked him, he would come up spraying as he'd go down. Well, actually, yeah, you were spraying as you were going down. And then you'd come up spraying some more to whoever got you. So it was really fun. Our daughters had a blast with the day getting to dunk you and you know blowing up balloons and tying them to little kids. You know, it was a really fun day, but you definitely went outside your comfort zone and it's one of those good things to do. Yeah. And uh, I learned a bit in the positive psychology uh, that there is a lot of uh, positivity that comes with uh, social community. 
And when you do have a thing like that where everybody is getting together and, you know, they're, they were patient. You know, some of the kids are a little impatient, but they're little nuggets. You know, the kid, uh, everybody's patient and they're hanging out and, you know, there's inflatables and, you know, you do get a little caught up and kind of having some fun and then joking around with people and uh, talking to somebody's mom I hadn't talked to in a while. And um, she took our kids to get us some Shirley Temples and uh, that was cool. So just, yeah, you know, and that might, maybe that's part of the medication too, because that was a lot to... You know, sometimes to show up for that stuff and to volunteer, you know, not that I won't help anybody out, but volunteering is such a different, it's just a different atmosphere, you know, uh, but somebody called me and said they're stuck or they need to talk or whatever. I'm there, but I did it. Showed up. We showed up as a, as a family and I believe we, we did it. And now segueing into tonight's conversation, you didn't do it to make other people like you. Right? No, absolutely not. Um, I appreciate the relationship that I have with the people that were doing it and putting it on. But aside from that, uh, episode number 85, it came to me moments ago. (laughs) And uh, no, but I think with watching a lot of the hoarders and stuff too, you know, there's a, a, a few episodes where they're maybe more clutter style. And they're not necessarily gross. They still have their bathrooms. They're showering. They're very clean. They do laundry and they always have, but they buy a lot too. So sometimes it just stacks around everywhere. But uh, they uh, cover up their windows and so on so that you can't see inside of there and then see what it's like inside there. So I'm always trying really hard to be liked. So buying things so that you're on the next trend and you have all these different clothes and, uh, you know, but... Anyways, so it is, uh, I found a pretty cool article that goes along with the thought that was seven reasons why trying too hard to be liked will be, will backfire by this Dr. Lisa Far Vogoli, <laughs> I believe. So it was from December 18th, 2018. So I think still fairly relevant, but, um, if you find yourself trying too hard to post the best pictures in your social media, Uh, Find yourself trying too hard to make a good impression and make others like you? Do you assess every word and move others make in the two-dimension scale? They like me. They don't like me. Maybe you do that in your personal life or your professional life or both. Maybe there's this thought in your head that says, others must like me no matter what. If that's true for you, chances are you're trying too hard to live up to the expectations and internal competition you have to set up you have set up to be liked by others no matter what. Let me ask you this though. Do you like everyone you meet? Probably not. So trying too hard to make others like you, it's probably going to backfire. Here's some reasons why. <clears throat> it makes you look phony. People look for authenticity. They want original people around them, real flesh and bone with strengths. That's always a weird word. And months. And weaknesses people that they can relate to. If you try too hard and give the impression of perfection, you probably turn others off and they still don't like you. Despite your efforts, why not be your original authentic self with them? Yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense because we can, when we are talking to people, we'd be like, I think that girl was just fake being nice. I don't think she was actually being nice. Like, you know, you don't want to be that girl or guy. 
Sure. But I can, I understand and can relate. And this is a topic that, I mean, I know that I've personally struggled with, but I, I know we're making my strides because we've talked about it with the kids that not everyone needs to like them either and because they're not going to. And that's okay. Yeah. It may make you a social chameleon. You try in one situation using one persona and in a different situation with the different requirements, you show up as a totally different person. For one thing, it's hard changing hats like that and trying to assimilate in your social environment. environment. One day you are defined by your love for opera and the next you die for hip hop. The way you die in slow death of impersonations, chances are they will figure it out or you will be caught in one of your lies. Both bad options, I may add. Well, I can certainly tell you I've met one of those individuals in my life, and this individual uh, consistently had a web, uh, a vicious, fiery, not snowball, because it would be on fire, but a giant ball of fire rolling down a hill in a vicious circle of death, and spun lies and lies, and um, like a- <clears throat> no matter what circle... Because uh, our circle appears to be very wide. I think that we don't have, uh, I mean, we accept a lot of people or we've had a lot of people in our circle. So just going down to the local parade, you know, we talked to people everywhere, you know. So anyways, uh, this individual has bounced around in other parts of our my circle, if you will, and inevitably is always getting caught Um, First trying to buy the friendship somehow and then lies constantly about things you don't even have to, you know, that don't make any relevance. It's just something habitual, something psychological there, I'm sure. And then uh, ends up sometimes even really hurting one of the the friends uh, too, which has happened. So um, anyways, just don't. It can turn you into a boaster or even worse, a narcissist. Trying too hard to impress others, you end up being self-centered, revolving around yourself, your achievements, deeds, performance, goals, and effort. And that's simply tiresome. People want to be listened to. They they don't want to be in a conversation where the other person is a braggart. I didn't know that was a word. And can't even ask them a simple question about themselves and listen to the answer too. A lot of people must think we don't, I don't have much of a vocabulary. (laughs) It's emotionally draining. When you try too hard, that means you don't allow yourself, your true self to come through out of fear that this may not be acceptable or likable. So you keep boasting your efforts to be someone you are not. Your goal is to make others like you, but in the process, you care little if you like yourself. That's emotionally draining. Trying too much and never being 100% satisfied. Yeah. I just keep, he Stephen makes fun of me. I say yeah and no a lot every time I start my sentences. So that's because everybody don't know when I'm going to dish it to you or not. And so then I'll just sit there and not say anything. And then you're like, oh yeah, I was, I was listening, but let me think of what I got to construct. No, sometimes like you go and then you just go on to the next point and then (laughs) I don't say much in between things so then when you honestly are pausing waiting for me i'm like oh crap i'm supposed to be saying something and i'm like totally thrown off but i know that's what i, I just said i know i just like rumba and then i i told him in the last episode that like one of the things that i like you here for too is then i can look at you and you'll take over and then i can take a drink 
Yeah, you do that a lot. And then I say, yeah, too. I don't know. <laughs> I do this on a normal basis. It's not even just on here, okay? This is just me. I can't help it. I have some really weird quirks and tics, people. A lot of them. It's good. I wonder how many people ever catch on to like my weird tics and quirks. I'm sure a few. Like the one where you're wrapping the headphone <laughs> phone cord around the the little fidgety spin pen. <laughs> it's quite cute if you could see her right now and her big smile and her beautiful blue eyes batting. Oh, God. It's just because I, I suffer from severe anxiety. I do. I, I struggle. It's not clinical, um, but self Self-diagnosed. Uh, diagnosed. Caramba. Um, <laughs> now I can't even remember what you said. It makes it hard to say no when you should. People who try too hard to be liked are known to be the yes sir, madam type, and they hardly ever refuse. They always try to do this one more thing, this one more favor, this one more little or big job, not because they find it meaningful or they want, but simply because they think that this is their ticket to be liked by the other person, which may or may not happen. That might be one of the biggest things I struggle with. I am more of that people pleaser. I struggle at saying no. I then end up putting myself into situations where I have taking on too much, too much. And I stretch myself way too thin. And then I am not taking care of myself properly. And that's the biggest thing is if you're worrying about everyone else so much, you are not taking care of your mental and emotional status well enough for yourself. That is a very enlightening point, my dear. It takes away your un uniqueness. If you think ahead of time, what are the characteristics or behaviors you must exhibit to be liked socially or professionally? That means that you are making some serious assumptions, which they may or may not be true. The fact is that thinking this way prevents you from being the unique you, the person with the character, traits, and quirks that makes the distinctive, unique you. You become more uniform and less original, and that's not necessarily a good thing. And last... But not least, you get too tired of it. Don't you? Trying to please others? Come on! What about pleasing yourself? Being yourself and seeing into what you need to thrive. Seriously, that's among the most important characteristics that others notice about you. How true you are to yourself. And if you aren't, chances are that you are going to get tired of trying too hard. At the end of the day, you will have tried, successful or not, but still you have, you won't have liked yourself. So this is the- Well, it's not done. I just was oh, trying not oh to sneeze quick. Hold on. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> Allergy season right now. Real bad. Yeah. Pollen content's real high. Right. Right. We'd... Okay. Because liking yourself means to allow a true, genuine expression of who you really are and be sure that there are always people who are going to like and appreciate you and others who won't, just like you don't like or appreciate everyone you meet. And we've talked about this on a previous episode where we were referencing our kids and setting our kids up for not always, you know, getting along with everybody in their class, maybe being left out, that they're not going to always be friends with everybody. And so it's the same thing goes into our adulthood. Just because you're out of high school doesn't mean those same social instances are over. You know, some of that same crap 
does play out. It's just now hoping that you're more mature and responsible and smart and better emotionally balanced to be able to handle those social circumstances, right? And so really, it's all about what I tell my kid. Okay, not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. We don't like everybody else. And that's okay too, because that's why there's so many different personalities. We're not all going to be the same. And you need to still be you, be confident in who you are, as long as you're not being an asshole, as long as you're being nice, as long as you're not being the you know problem in a sense of creating an issue, you know, be you and your people will come. I struggled with that for the longest time, you guys. I was called weird my entire life. Still am, okay? I just now have learned to embrace the word weird. And instead of being so offended when I was being called weird all the time, like as a child that emotionally scars you, it does. I can distinctly remember being in Lake Norton at a park and having some kid telling me how annoying and weird I was, okay? I can tell you exactly her name and what she looks like. It scars you and it does stick with you into adulthood because then sometimes I think that's what battles into our um, self-confidence issues of wanting those people to like us because you don't want to go through that hurt and that pain again. And so I totally understand this, but it's all about knowing your self-worth and that maybe the people you're trying to make like you aren't worthy of your energy. Because if you have to change abundantly who you are to make someone like you, are they really your good people? Is that who you should be surrounding yourself with? How are they for your emotional status? Have you checked in with yourself today and asked myself, how am I doing? Like do that. And then you'll know, do I need to make myself jump through hoops to make this person like me? I mean, I get the intimidation. I get coming, you know, kind of that like social status sometimes can play a part. I remember standing at the school drop-offs going, why do I always feel like I'm not good enough to like be talking to these moms? I feel like they just ignore me or I feel like whatever. And then I went, wait, I'm not talking to them either. So maybe they're thinking I'm just as much of a snob as what I'm thinking they are. So it's one of those things that you have to rip off the bandaid and get out of your own head. Stop telling yourself you're not good enough and go for it and tell somebody, hi, be that first person to do it because they may be feeling that same way you are, that they're trying to keep up with you or things like that. So just be who you are, check in on yourself and be true to you. Holy smokes. Soapbox. Okay, so I also thought it'd be nice to arm ourselves with some of this information too. And so I found this website called socialpronow.com that has an article called How to Stop Trying Too Hard to Be Liked, Cool, or Funny. And they had a few little little tips here. Uh, one, relax your body. When you are feeling nervous or awkward, you might notice that your muscles tense up and your posture becomes rigid, intentionally taking a deep breath, exhaling slowly and letting your shoulders drop can help you relax and let go of tension. Find a posture that feels comfortable and relaxed for you and avoid letting your body become too stiff. Your brain takes cues from your body and behavior. So taking deep breaths and releasing tension in your muscles can help you feel calmer and more confident, making it easier to interact in a natural way with other people. Use your natural voice. When you're nervous, you might talk faster or louder than you normally do, or you might notice you speak higher or with more emphasis than normal. 
A lot of people unconsciously mimic other people when they feel nervous, picking up their mannerisms or copying the way they speak. When you speak with people who you feel most comfortable with, notice how loud and how fast you are normally talk. How much emphasis you use and what kind of language and phrases you use. This is your natural voice, and if you can use it with everyone, you will find it easier to interact in a way that feels normal and natural. Slow down and allow silence. Silence can feel uncomfortable when you are nervous, but filling every silence can rush the conversation and create a pace that feels hard to keep up with. By slowing down and waiting for the right moment to speak, you can reduce your anxiety and interact more naturally. Allowing silences and pauses also helps to make sure that you aren't the one doing all of the talking, which helps to keep conversations from feeling forced, rushed, or one-sided. Encouraging other people to engage, open up, and talk more will take pressure off you, while also helping you show interest in others, helping to make a good impression. Change your mindset. Negative and self-critical thoughts are like food for anxiety, making it bigger and stronger. When you can interrupt or change these negative thoughts, your anxiety will often go away on its own, making it much easier to talk to people in ways that feel natural. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, or CBT, is the most effective form of therapy for anxiety and works by changing anxious, anxious thoughts. We recommend BetterHelp for online therapy. Since they offer unlimited messaging and a weekly session, it is much cheaper than going to an actual therapist's office. They, also, they are also cheaper than Talkspace for what you get. You can learn more at BetterHelp, and there's a link, I guess. You can practice CBT by turning your what-if thoughts into even-if thoughts, which will help take power away from your fears. Another way to think more positively is by imagining that people like you are interested in what you have to say and have a lot in common with you. Changing your perspective can help you feel more positive about your interactions. Focus on other people. When you are anxious or insecure, you are often too focused on yourself and distracted by your own thoughts, which can make it impossible to be fully engaged in a conversation. When you focus your attention on what other people... Ooh. When you focus your attention on other people, you can interrupt self-conscious thoughts and feel more present and engaged in your conversations. Practice, practice this skill. See, this is why I couldn't be like a news guy or anything. By becoming a, a better listener and giving other people your full, undivided attention when they talk. Asking questions, showing interest, and making eye contact with them demonstrates that you are listening and is also proven to get people to like you. Or maybe it's because you were playing footsie with me a little and got me a little distracted. Be more human. While it might seem like being perfect and hiding all of your mistakes and flaws will win you friends, it can actually intimidate people and make them insecure because no one is perfect. Letting some of your own flaws and quirks show can actually make you more approachable and makes others more comfortable opening up to you. Being more human doesn't mean you have to exaggerate your weaknesses and flaws. It just means not trying too hard to hide them and being a little more open and honest. When you make a mistake, own it. And when you don't know something, admit it. <laughs> being more human, other people get to know you better and create an opportunity for a deeper connection with them. And it's also good for your self-esteem. 
Holy smokes, there's a bunch of these. I didn't look through this. So, you know, you say that you wouldn't be a good news director or news announcer, but you would if you pre-read things better. <laughs> Maybe. Make your goals clear. Many people play games in, in a relationship trying to play it cool or not being clear about what they want from the other person. For example, some people settle for casual hookups because they are scared of upfront about the fact that they really want something more serious. When you play games like these, you send signals to people that can make people confused about what kind of relationship you want with them. If you want to be friends with someone, try to send clear signals to them by starting conversations, showing interest, and asking them to hang out instead of pretending to be indifferent. Set healthy boundaries. In an effort to be liked, you might have let people take advantage of you, treat you poorly, or let people treat you like a doormat. This sometimes helps you avoid conflict in the moment, but it can also damage your self-esteem and create imbalances in your relationships. You don't have to be confrontational to set boundaries with people. Just be honest about what you like and don't like and let them know if they said something that bothered you or hurt your feelings. Setting healthy boundaries shows confidence and self-respect. They can help you build healthy relationships where you are treated the way you want to be treated. Celebrate what makes you unique. While you might feel insecure about things that make you different from other people, these are things that you make that make you unique. <laughs> if you have certain quirks, an odd sense of humor, yellow, or an unusual interest, try to see these as part of what makes you unique and special instead of things that make you less than. After all, a world full of identical people would be pretty darn boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think the one thing with things like that, when you are very unique sometimes and you have those deep interests, I think sometimes where people struggle is because they still... It's like how we're having that one-sided conversation, just making sure when you're talking about your deep interests that you're having those social cues and reading and like having that two-sided conversation, not just one. That makes a difference in how you're feeling in the end is by paying attention to the person you're talking to as well. Yeah, so when you celebrate the things that make you unique, you don't have to try to hide your differences from other people. This will help make you more authentic, improve your self-esteem, and help you connect with others in ways that feel more meaningful. Make other people feel good. After an interaction, people often don't remember everything that you said, but they almost always remember how you made them feel. Pay attention to other people when you interact with them and watch to see how they respond to you. If they lean in, make eye contact, and seem enthusiastic, it is usually a sign that the conversation is going well. If they seem uncomfortable, look away, or get quiet, it might be a sign that you offended them or brought up a sensitive topic. By getting better at social, at reading social cues, you can have, huh? I just, I said, what? Like for me, not pre-reading the articles, I'm on point, man. Oh yeah. You can have more <laughs> positive interactions that people enjoy, making it more likely that they want to interact with you in the future. Sorry. And then there's some common questions. Am I trying too hard? What do I try? Things like that. So Check that all out. Um, those were some good little tippies and uh, um, a good little explanation of uh, if you might be trying too hard. And again, these are all things that you can change. You can you can work on. You can start any day, anytime. You can make mistakes. Uh, but you know, if this is something that's uh, 
that happens to you frequently and you find yourself in a in a cycle of being mistreated by uh, a significant other or friends or co-workers then then that's when you should seek some sort of assistance or advice or or therapy or something to that degree where um, maybe even a, even a life coach because they might be able to just uplift your spirits and give you the tools that you need to show you when you assert yourself in a positive way what can really happen so uh, it's never too late to turn things around any closing thoughts there milady no it's great advice we all are not perfect and that's something that even though many people struggle with and they don't admit or talk about that it is something that we are all continuing to evolve and grow with you know i talked to somebody the other day that you would never know it for who she is how prominent she is in the community that she does struggle with that social anxiety so much you know, and I told her, I said, I have this philosophy that I fake it till I make it. If I tell myself I've got this and I throw my shoulders back and I walk in with confidence, it never fails that it does help boost my confidence because then I'm, I'm giving myself those affirmations as I'm walking into a place. And so it makes me feel more confident then because I just boosted myself up instead of dragging myself down, going into that situation. And so it's one of those things that more people are feeling that way. It's not just you. So that's why it's okay to take a breath and calm down. I know as women, God, we do the thing of, well, what do you think everyone else is going to wear? Right? I mean, that's like our first thing, even starting as kids. It's like you're reaching out to your friends, seeing how everyone else is dressing to go someplace. Right? I get it. I do. But just like I said earlier, remember your worth. And eventually you won't have to fake it to make it because you just have that habitual mindset that you can accomplish most anything. Yeah. So maybe you you label it as fake it till you make it, but what you're really doing is giving yourself affirmations so mm -hmm. that you then in turn manifest having the ability to do it. Yeah. My friend at Mallory used to tell me all the time, you just wear your confidence. So wear your confidence. Be confident in who you are. All right. Good? Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's close here. Shall we? You wanna? <laughs> Thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for listening to the Positively Midwest podcast. Our hope is to inspire, engage each other's thoughts, and leave you some great advice. Be sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Positively Midwest Podcast. Make sure you like, comment, share, and screenshot our podcast with all of your cool friends because every little bit helps. We are on most all major platforms and you can stream it on our website at PositivelyMidwest.com. Also, check out our merch in the online store. All proceeds go to help those in need find therapy or rehab. Please reach out to us at PositivelyMidwest at gmail.com if you'd like to look into therapy or rehab. And thank you, as always, please always stay positive.